Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm Gavin Cosgrave, a senior at Santa Clara University. If you're a student and you just scanned the QR code on the magazine, uh, welcome. So this episode is the first in a kind of new series I'm, I'm doing. I'm teaming up with uh, Ciara Moesidis, who started the Bronco Posse movement. And let me give you a little background on what's going on there. So for the rest of the winter quarter at Santa Clara, each week there will be a a large-scale poster board uh, magazine cover released, and each one will feature uh, a picture and some facts and quotes about a adjunct faculty member at Santa Clara. And in this episode, um, I'm going to give you some background through a couple different interviews about the movement among adjunct faculty to uh, form a union for the sake of getting more uh, a bigger voice in uh, the university governance, better job security, and um, pay that allows them to live comfortably in the uh, incredibly expensive Bay Area. So not a lot of people uh, know much about the movement. So in this episode, I'm going to go more into uh, kind of the mechanics of uh, the unionization effort, the effort to get a vote to unionize, to have the adjunct faculty vote. Um, And then in the subsequent weeks, uh, there's just one person featured on each cover, and it'll be kind of a normal interview-style podcast getting to know that member of the faculty, and those are wide-ranging based on the interests and expertise of those professors. So today, you'll get kind of a background on the issue. So first, we'll be hearing from Maggie Levantoskaya, who's in the English department, and she is one of the lead uh, faculty organizing around the movement, so has a lot of expertise, and yeah, here we go. Thanks so much for having me. I'm Maggie Levantoskaya. Students call me Professor Maggie, Professor L. I teach in the English department and I teach critical thinking and writing courses here. Yeah, this is my fourth year at Santa Clara. I love it here. I'm from the Bay Area. This is very much my home. Could you maybe give a little background for someone who's not aware of the whole kind of adjunct unionization movement. Um, just touch on, you know, kind of how, how it started and why it's important. You know, for many years, uh, much longer than I've been here, adjuncts and lecturers have attempted to voice certain concerns regarding salary, regarding voice, regarding job security on campus. And there have been moves to improve conditions by the administration. But a few years ago, um, representatives from the SCIU union came to the campus and um, a lot of the faculty became interested in their proposal to um, start a union here, right? And so um, the reason that a union 
seems like the right option to us is because what we want is a mechanism for implementing change, changes to our conditions moving forward, right? We want to have a voice. We want to have negotiating power. Currently, we don't have that in relation to the administration. All we can do is make proposals, requests, <laughs> we can beg, right? But we ourselves don't have collective power. Mm-hmm. And can you touch on the the AFLOC group you were part of and kind of why you personally wanted to get involved with this, this work? Yeah, so AFLOC, Adjunct Faculty Lecture Organizing Committee, we are the leaders of this movement. We're working with SCIU on this unionization campaign. I got involved in it because I couldn't continue to support the status quo. And this seemed like the right path to a solution. Um, It was important for me to advocate for the faculty members here who are lacking in voice and who are um, currently marginalized on this campus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are there any common uh, misconceptions or things people don't really understand about kind of the difference between professors and adjuncts or just about adjunct faculty in, in general? I think that most students assume that all their professors are in more or less equal positions here, which I understand completely. When I was an undergraduate student, I didn't understand what my professor's titles meant. You know, I didn't even know the difference between an assistant or an associate professor. You know, when I heard the phrase assistant professor, I thought assistant to whom? And then at my um, undergraduate institution, we didn't have lecturers and adjuncts, but what we had were the equivalent visiting assistant professors. And so there were professors I took classes from who were visiting assistant professors. I really enjoyed those classes, formed relationships with those professors, and suddenly they would disappear, Mm. right? And when I would ask them, why are you leaving this college? They would say, my contract ended and I wasn't offered another one. I had to find a job elsewhere. So that was kind of my first inkling of of the current situation, right? Which is um, some members of the faculty are in insecure positions, Mm -hmm. right? So I can absolutely understand that most of the students on this campus simply are not aware of the different ranks of the hierarchies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you just kind of see on eCampus, this is the instructor mm-hmm. for the course, and you exactly. might look at an evaluation mm-hmm. of them, but they're all just the course instructors, so why would you care about difference? Right? Yeah. So kind of along those lines, like why, is, why are students related to this issue? Like why isn't it just between the adjuncts and the administration? Why is it important to get students involved or supporting the effort? Yeah, so there's kind of a famous slogan that goes teachers working conditions are students learning conditions, right? And that essentially means that if we're struggling because our salaries barely 
support our lives in the Bay Area, right? If we're having to work second jobs, if we, you know, share an office with two other people or whatever else, that impacts our students, right? If we're anxious, if we're insecure, that does not bode well for teaching, right? And a lot of us try to hide all that from students. You know, we try to overcompensate um, for whatever disadvantages we have so that our students won't be affected by our conditions. But there's only so much that we can do that. You know, it takes a toll on everybody at the university. So that's why it's really important for students. And of course, it's terrible for students to form a relationship with a professor and have that professor disappear without even an explanation from the university, right? Professors who stick around um, are better able to support students, right? They get to know them throughout their careers at the university. They can write more effective letters. They can let students know about various opportunities on and off campus. So I just think it's all around better for students if their professors have job security Mm -hmm. and um, have um, as little anxiety as possible about making ends meet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What what are kind of the the goals of the, the movement or directions you hope it's moving or is there any sort of timeline or plan or bigger kind of milestones or events coming up in the future that will be important for the movement? Well, we're continuing to advocate for an in-house vote, right, in order to decide on whether or not to unionize. Obviously, being a member of the organizing committee, I think that the union is the right solution here, Mm -hmm. right? But our main task right now is to have this vote so that we can make a democratic decision. In the meantime, we will continue to raise awareness for the various issues that impact contingent faculty on this campus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just out of curiosity, I can see that maybe from the administration's perspective, they have more control if there's not a union, right? So maybe that's why they push against it. But would, like, is there any reason why an adjunct faculty wouldn't want a union? Everybody looks at this issue based on, you know, their life experiences, what associations they have when they hear the word union. You know, there are a lot of kind of anecdotes and misconceptions about unions in the U.S., right? At a certain point, union kind of became a bad word. (laughs) There has been a lot of um, fighting against unions by corporate interests in this country, and they have been incredibly successful in weakening Mm -hmm. unions. Um, And, you know, in campaigning, to make unions um, appear in a negative light. So um, I think that a lot of people just kind of have a lack of understanding about how a union works. For example, people think that a union is this outside force that comes to a campus and disrupts this very unique and delicate Mm -hmm. ecosystem. But 
that's not true at all. Union representatives are faculty members. We would be the union, right? And, you know, this is something that people sometimes forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So uh, it sounds like the the goal is to get the in-house vote and the administration mm-hmm. would have to okay that vote. Absolutely. So kind of all the work that's being done now is trying to get as much support among faculty and among students can kind of put pressure on the administration to allow this sort of vote. Exactly. Is that right? Yes. Thus far, we've only received no's. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. For our request um, for an in-house vote. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And kind of finally, do you want to touch on Uh, Like you mentioned why it was important for students to care about the issue, but if a student wanted to get involved in some way or thought that this was, you know, something important that they wanted to spend time or energy um, working on, how, like, is there any type of student involvement you're you're hoping for or student support you're looking for? Absolutely. We have a lot of ideas for that. So the best way would be for a student to just get in touch with us, Um, either get in touch with us or get in touch with the student leaders who have been organizing various actions in support of our efforts. So we are very eager to collaborate with students on this. Um, all they have to do is reach out, show up, even if they don't know anything at all about what's happening, just mm-hmm. saying, I want to learn more. I want to understand better why this is what you're advocating for. Mm-hmm. Come see us. Our doors are open. We want to educate students about this because this is not just a Santa Clara issue. Mm-hmm. This is a nationwide crisis mm-hmm. in academia. Most courses in universities around the country are taught by um, adjuncts and lecturers, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, this this has an effect mm-hmm. on the kind of education that we can provide for mm-hmm. students, right? Um, students are paying a lot of money to go to some of these institutions, and they should know what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. They deserve that. Yeah. Next, we'll be hearing from Ciara Moesidis and Kyle De La Fuente, two students. So Ciara started the whole Bronco Posse movement uh, last year, and Kyle is on staff with SCAP, the Santa Clara Community Action Program, and he works in their division that deals with on-campus advocacy. So here are Ciara and Kyle. Uh, my name is Sierra Moesides. Um, I'm a junior here at Santa Clara, political science and communication double major. With this whole Bronco Posse movement, um, it was first started back in 2018 now, and kind of that became a whole launch. And over the course of the last year and a half, I realized how important it is to not only dedicate attention to students, but also to um, staff and faculty. So we saw that last year with like fence and workers covers. And now this year we are trying to focus our attention on the adjunct lecture unionization. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and my name is Kyle De La Fuente. I am also a junior here. I am involved with the Santa Clara Community Action Program, also known as SCAP. Um, and I've looked at, I guess, the issue more from a SCAP perspective and um, working with adjunct faculty and unionization, but also with the Benson Worker Movement and other, um, I guess, activism groups on this campus that are in SCAP. CR, do you want to maybe touch briefly on the whole like magazine cover connection and kind of how, because this this was a thing all throughout last year too, right? And this yeah. is kind of an extension of that project. Yeah. So do you want to maybe touch on that? Sure. Um, so in 2018, um, in February, I attended Ignatian Q, which was a conference um, in Loyola University this time, but it was basically 20 students from 20 Jesuit universities coming together to discuss how um, we can achieve more LGBTQ plus inclusive on campus and um, we talked about a lot of, a lot of projects we could do and this ended up becoming something that um, like this magazine cover idea was something that Loyal University was doing in a smaller capacity with like two covers, two or three covers. And I was like, oh, that's that's cool. And it had to do with mental health. And so when I came back, I was like, what if we did something similar um, and tried to broaden it across identities on campus? Um, because in light of a lot of stigmas and stereotypes put on different identities in such a like politically divisive um, country world at the moment, like there's a lot of misunderstanding and I thought that having a platform that kind of sparks attention to students all over campus um, even the apathetic ones that wouldn't necessarily come out to like get educated on different um, issues about identity um, this would be a way to do so and spark that um, and so after that um, after like a year of working with admin just to get the, the first Edition, um, kind of off the ground. It was it was very challenging. There was a lot of bu- bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. So once we went from there, we ended up doing the Benson Worker cover, and that was really well received. And um, I figured that it would be best to to focus our attention on the adjunct lecture movement since it um, with the first years coming in, and it hasn't it. It like lost a little bit of traction because there's so much to focus on on this campus. Mm-hmm. So figured it'd be important. Yeah, and Kyle, kind of how does SCAP decide what, ad, or specifically in your division, I guess, like what advocacy issues are important to focus on at, at Santa Clara? Uh, in regards to the like what issues, I guess we think are important. Um, I mean, the two main issues that have really been. I guess at the center or in the spotlight the past year have been um, the treatment of Benson workers and um, the adjunct faculty and lecturers attempts to unionize. In the past, in previous years, there actually was a SCAP program called Labor Action Committee, which centered on raising awareness for both of these issues. But because both of these movements have taken off and grown, um, we actually had to split them up into two groups, um, Advocacy for Workers on Campus, which focuses on Benson workers' rights, and um, Student Labor Solidarity, which focuses on adjunct faculty and lecturers' attempt to unionize. SCAP thinks both of these different movements are so important because these, you know, people on our campus are community members. Um, These are people we interact with on a daily basis. And we think it's important to, you know, advocate for these people because they're members of our community. They're also Broncos. um, And 
because of that, um, that's what SCAP's been doing. Yeah, and why should students be involved with this movement in general? Like, why not just have the you know the adjuncts kind of work with the administration and try to work out a um, you know either better job security or higher pay or like why should why should students be involved or care about this issue? We're being taught by these faculty on a daily basis, and a lot of the time they're only talking about you know, a subject, that, the subject that they're teaching. And we never go past that in terms of understanding our faculty's passions and what makes them tick. And, you know, when it comes to this overall situation, like what could, like just putting attention on the issue can go so far because it shows we are serious as students who are paying our tuition and making sure that we want something out of this. We care about our faculty and the faculty speaking up for themselves only goes so far. Mm, Yeah. Kind of going off of what you just said, um, we as the students in this community are, I guess, the stakeholders in the university. We are the ones paying tuition, whether it be from our families or from donors, like we're the ones that are here. And because we are the students, we have the power to use our voices to advocate for these people that don't have the same power that we have. Um, I guess we are the ones that are, you know, can choose whether or not we want to go here. And because of that, you know, we can change what we don't like. So, you know, if we don't like how Benson workers are being treated, we have the right to boycott and, you know, advocate for their rights. Or we have the right to speak out against what the university is doing in regards to how they treat adjunct faculty and lecturers. And because of that, um, I think it's important that students, you know, talk about these issues and use their power in order to help others. Mm-hmm. And kind of what would the the goal of this, you know, we're going to, you're, you're going to Bronco Posse movement. We'll come out with the magazine covers for the rest of the quarter. Uh, I'll have some podcasts getting a little deeper dive into the stories of some of the, um, the faculty members kind of what's the, is it just general awareness or is there any sort of specific goals? Yeah. So it's always hard to figure out how to truly ensure that we've achieved these goals because it's, um, kind of this qualitative understanding of like, oh, someone saw the cover. Like, is that like the goal that needs to be achieved? Um, and I think like spreading awareness is definitely important. And I think SCAP has done things in the past with panels and events that have been really awesome. Uh, but a lot of the times students are like, don't go to them. It's not their thing or it's not their place. Um, and this is supposed to be a way that Um, through just a lot of awareness that we can get all students on the same page. Even if they disagree, that's totally fine. Just to start this conversation Mm -hmm. and to, you know, talk to the professors about it. Be like, I don't even know. Like, what is your title? What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. A simple question about just having a better understanding of the campus culture as a whole Mm -hmm. can potentially, you know, create enough awareness to then bring it back to the discussion table, even though it's already on the discussion table, but like kind of put a lot more pressure on it and I think one misconception is like it's not oh for to allow them to unionize it's just to have a vote to unionize and I think that is like a challenge um, because some adjunct lectures don't don't want to unionize so finding that balance is hopefully something that I hope everyone can kind of use their own privilege as a student, which is kind of funny, Hmm. to realize, hey, like, these are my professors. Um, These are the faculty I'm being taught by. Like, I 
I owe them something, Mm. their attention. And maybe finally, like, what message would you want to send to students or if they, you know, saw the cover, what would you want to tell the general campus community? There are issues. I mean, a lot. I mean, there's obviously a lot of issues and some of them are kind of hidden, but that there are people on this campus who, um, you know, we don't really know about and we don't really know what's going on, but, you know, we should get to know them. Um, We should get to know the issues that are present on this campus. Yeah, that's the least you can do as a student. I feel like we're all really busy people and, you know, it's hard to make time to educate ourselves on everything. But when the opportunity um, kind of reveals itself, it's really important to use that extra minute that you have to look up what does this actually mean or Mm -hmm. versus just saying oh this is another one of those stupid advocacy things like whatever they're trying to do they're not going to get anything done anyway Mm -hmm. instead seeing the power in the students and what we could do to bring more attention to the situation for a better cause for our faculty. Finally we'll be hearing from Diane Hart who is one of the five women featured on this week's cover, and she teaches in the math and computer science department. So here's Dr. Hart. And what what has your experience been like as an adjunct lecturer at Santa Clara? Um, I mean, I love Santa Clara so much. This is my third year here, and I'm just like, I've never loved a job. I never thought I would love a job as much as I love this one. The students are just so friendly, and the class sizes are small enough that I feel like I get to know pretty much everyone in each class every quarter. The other math faculty are so nice and just, like, welcoming and encouraging. Um, And so I would say the only kind of struggle that I've experienced with being an adjunct is the lack of job stability. Mm Um, And just the fact that the way it's structured, adjuncts, or at least the contract I'm on is just an annual contract. So I have to reapply for my job from scratch every year. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know if I'm going to be rehired. It's all up to the funding the department has for the next year. Mm -hmm. And then have you been involved much of kind of the unionization efforts or oh yeah so i'm i'm on the i'm on the aflock committee it's the adjunct faculty and lecturers organizing committee um so i'm on that committee and i've met with father Mm o'brien as part of that committee a couple of times um yeah so yeah and your and your goal as that like how would you summarize the goal is it to, to be in a union or to get to a vote or so the, the goal of the committee? The first goal is just to get a vote, to get the adjunct faculty and lecturers on campus to be able to vote on whether we'd like a union. Um, and we've got a lot of support for the vote. People don't necessarily, they aren't necessarily saying they will vote yes if we have a vote, um, but they just want the, the choice to be in our hands about whether we have a union or not. Mm -hmm. And then from what I understand, it sounds like if there was a union, then you could advocate for things like you mentioned, more job stability or potentially like housing options, higher pay and also like participation in kind of like governance of the university. Yes, exactly. Are those things true or are are there any other like important points you think on uh, reasons, I guess. I think you you hit all of the main ones. Yeah. So a lot of people. So I've gone around and talked to a lot of different adjunct faculty and lecturers about yeah. their different kind of grievances mm-hmm. with their current position. And the main things are definitely the job stability. Um, we the compensation. We don't get nearly as high a salary as the tenure stream professors. 
Um, and some of the more experienced lecturers, so there are different tiers of lectures, and some of them get help with housing subsidies. Mm-hmm. Some of them get housing, I think, just like actual like near campus housing. But the yearly adjuncts, the academic year adjunct lectures, don't get any of those benefits at all. And we're not really sure, like, they just kind of, the benefits just appeared for certain people huh. um, without our say in what we need for our compensation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. So, yeah, th- there's a couple questions I like to ask all my uh, podcast guests at the end. So the, the, the first one is, if you could give a piece of advice to incoming students at Santa Clara, uh, what would you say? Explore California, definitely. It's a huge, beautiful state, and there's a lot of amazing things outside of the Bay Area. So definitely find a friend with a car, go to Yosemite, go to Joshua Tree, just like explore the diversity of California because it's a beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Are there any uh, locations either in California or around the world that you've traveled to and really loved? Um, I would say the place that really stands out for me is I climbed Kilimanjaro in July (laughs) in Tanzania. Uh, That was absolutely incredible. Um, But I'm, I love mountains and hiking. That's my thing. Okay. Did you like train for that for a while? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's a impressive journey. Are, Are there other like mountains you hope to hit or climb in the in the future? Uh, yeah. So next on my list is the Matterhorn wow. in Switzerland. I also cool. want to do Mount Rainier. Um, those are the big ones on my list. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Um, if you could send a message to every person in the United States, what would you want to say? Oh, boy. Um, treat people with compassion. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are having a hard time or just like having a bad day. Like don't assume that they're they're ill-intentioned and just approach everyone with compassion yeah totally and then finally what does an ideal saturday look like for you i like to wake up early and i like to go for if i'm just like in town i like to go for a day hike in the area and then go to a yoga class cook something for dinner hang out with my cat (laughs) yeah Yeah, cool. Well, thanks so much for participating. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for including me. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify so that you don't miss an episode. Check out the website at VoicesOfSantaClara.com for some shortened transcripts. And you can like the Facebook page and follow on Twitter. I'll see you next time.